Hello, welcome to Property With A View. I'm Mike Harlow, HM Land Registry's Deputy Chief Executive and Director of Customer Strategy. And in this podcast series, I'll be speaking to leaders across the property industry about how the process of buying and selling and mortgaging of all types of property is changing and what the Digital Property Market Steering Group can do to support it. So we're joined today by uh, Kate Faulkner, OBE. Um, she is one of the UK's leading property experts. Uh, she's passionate uh, that most of the problems in the residential property market can be solved if the media, industry and government work together to educate consumers on how to carry out property projects. Uh, Kate has set up a free consumer uh, education site called Property Checklists and uh, she chairs the uh, Important Home Buying and Selling Group uh, and we'll talk a bit about that uh, and also um, the Lettings Industry Council. Kate has written 11 property books including four for the consumer organisation which um, and I've met Kate several times now and I know her to be uh, a charming, thoughtful cheerleader for progress um, particularly uh, with the consumer in mind and the experience of, of, of the people who for whom the property transaction is all about, the people who are buying, selling uh, or letting. Um, Kate, does that uh, introduction do you justice for all that you're doing and have been doing to try and um, you know, make the home buying and selling process uh, better? Um, and I'm particularly interested in you know, what your view is on the, uh, on, on the role of the consumer and how uh, consumer demand hopefully might change the process for the better in the future. Yes, I think it does. I sometimes come to the end of the day and thinking, goodness me, what have I done today? But uh, when you read that back, it's <laughs> a, re- a reasonable amount. But uh, yeah, I think so. I think the big thing is, is that I kind of just get up every day and I, I just want people to love moving home as much as I do. And that might sound mad, but that's where this all started. That's why I moved into the property industry uh, away from retail is I loved buying and selling houses and I wanted everybody else to enjoy it. So that's interesting. So, I mean, it should be a joyful process, right? Because people want to move home. But you see often how it's ranked alongside the, you know, the most grim and stressful aspects of life uh, as a process in itself. So, so where does it go wrong? And, and why, why did you enjoy it? Was that because you got to know how to do it well and successfully? And is that the issue that people don't really know how to, uh, you know, how to, to make it work for them? So over the years, I've learned it's a combination of things. And the first thing is, um, no wonder people are stressed. Mostly they move because they're getting married, getting divorced, somebody's died, they're in debt. You know, they, they are, or they're having a baby. These, they're, they're going into this process in the most stressful times of people's lives. And sometimes it's happy stress or got a happy outcome. And a lot of the times it hasn't got a, ha- you know, there is, it's been an unhappy moment. So you're doing that, you're then going out. And I, I, I really love listening to people. So one lady had always said, um, we've just built a car, she said, and I really enjoyed that process. And I said, well, why are you so worried about buying a house? And she said, because I knew I'd get a car. <laughs> and that's the difficulty with yeah. buying and selling. You're, you're at one of the most stressful times personally in your life. And we do forget that. We kind of blame it on the industry. We're very good mm. at blaming 
in property, and I think we have to kind of come back from that and look at it um, through the consumer's eyes. And you think, well, okay, so say I'm about to have a baby, um, which would be a shock because I'm way too old. Um, but you're about to have a baby, and I'm in a one-bed flat, and suddenly you've got a, a big issue and you can't sell your property for some reason, yeah. which people are in. Well, are they going to be stuck there for the next 10 years? They're going to have to bring their baby up in this flat. Yeah. Things like that are the reason why it's stressful. You then add to the process that when you are buying a car, even if you have finance, there's you, the consumer, there's the finance company, and there's cars, and there's lots of cars out there. And car companies can increase volume and reduce volume. Well, agents have no control whatsoever about the amount of stock that comes available to sell, and they they can only match demand versus um, supply based on when somebody else decides to sell mm. a property. Mm. And we all know there aren't really in a lot of places enough properties out there for the number of people that want to buy. Mm. So you start combining all of these factors. Then you add in, you've got a lender, a broker, a legal company, mm. a surveyor. Mm. Some of them, their job is to be contrary with each other. Mm. And what we don't do, and this is what I hope we can do some changes is, when you go to, when you're sort of, I, I see it as a bit of a relay. You get your finance, or that's what you should be doing, not looking on a property portal first. You should be get, checking your finance out first. That's job number one. Then you start looking for properties you know you can afford that are within your bracket, um, or ways such as shed ownership, whatever it might be, if you need to, if you can't afford in your area, you need to stay there. And then I'd like to see all of those different sectors pass that consumer like a baton smoothly, like they do an Olympic gold medalist relay people. And that doesn't happen. And because we're not necessarily, we aren't really, or haven't been until now, a home-moving industry that trusts the individual parts. Mm. So an agent classic thing would say, well, um, oh, you don't need to survey, get a builder in. It's like, no. If, if you know anything about surveyor, yeah. don't get a builder in. Love builders, work with them all the time. But they are not a surveyor. Yeah. They haven't trained for five years um, to understand the makeup of a property and, and the land it sits on. Mm. So we have to get much better at helping the industry mm. also be educated to work and to pass that consumer from one to another during the process so that it makes sense in the consumer's eyes. Yeah. And we build trust, not break it down. Yeah. And that's the way we've tended to work in the past. And we are getting better at it. But if you imagine, not only have we got to change the way consumers do things, yep. but we've also got to change the, the whole way that the industry interacts with each other and build their education as much as we have for consumers. So it's a big job. Um, that was amazing. That's like a thesis in, in, <laughs> in one answer to a question. Because I, I pulled out of that an, an, a number of things that, that I think other diagnosis, if you like, going back to first principles. I think um, what you were saying about the the purchaser needs to be clear on what it is they can buy and want. Um, so they they need to understand whether you know they they need to clear up, if you like, whether they are able to fulfil this transaction and and, and 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 you know therefore go for real properties that they really have a you know a chance of of exchanging and completing on. Um, and there's, you know, that's not just about managing their expectations. That's about them being, you know, supported by understanding the, the you know, the, the lending they could have, um, the sort of 
uh, the, you know, the types of properties that they would be happy to, you know, to, you know, to live with because, yeah. you know, leasehold brings different, you know, um, uh, different obligations and, and different properties, a listed building, for example, you know, that, that, that in itself. And, and that's great to bring that up because yeah. if I'm looking for a property as a first time buyer, why would I know anything about leasehold? Yeah. yeah. And why would I understand it? Yeah. And w- one of the problems that we have, and this is where media, the government and consumers have, uh, and the industry rather have got to work together because we need the media not to just talk about bad leasehold stories. Yeah. Because there's actually probably far more good leasehold stories. What we need to do is much more like, and um, I used to work in food, and in the magazines you'd have um, top 10 pasta buys or something like that. And they'd explain what made a good pasta sauce or something. So what we need is much more natural education that the media are brilliant at doing um, than we actually have in the property market. So if you look at something like, you know, the wonders that Jamie Oliver has done, uh, teaching everybody how to cook simply, and at the moment cook cheaply, it's fantastic. And he's done a great job of that. So we've, we have a natural education in food. We have natural education in cars. We have very little natural education in property. Yeah. What we have is mostly bad stories going out. Yeah. So people, when they enter the process, not only they're having a baby getting divorced, they also have been told not to trust this process. Yeah, and they start with a bit of fear, perhaps. Yeah. Huge amounts. I mean, yeah. I used to do part exchange, so I used to we used to do it for the retirement um, industry, and I would go into. I remember going into somebody's house, uh, and the lady had very poor sight, and she was terrified of a not just an agent coming in, mm. but she didn't want people who she couldn't see in her home, mm. and she was frightened. So she wanted to sell the property to me yeah. at a discount. Yeah. And I didn't want to buy it because it was the wrong thing to do. And her sight and her fear, we should handle it as an industry. And she shouldn't be made to feel frightened. Um, So we we have to all work together. Um, And an example of where it can work is stamp duty, for example. Deadlines have never been handled well in the past. But the recent ones, we all handled really well because everybody said, we don't know. The media said, the agents, the legal guys warned people in advance. We might not be able to get you through that March deadline or the June deadline. So most buyers knew they needed to have the stamp duty ready. And that saved huge amounts of fall throughs. Um, I'm convinced because we didn't have the problems so much as we did in the past. So I know we've got evidence of working together makes a difference. And if we can all understand our responsibility, we can help the industry do better and we can help consumers have a much smoother move. So that's about um, making the consumers more aware, more confident, better consumers, really, uh, of the services. It's a really good way of describing it. We and need then, consumers to be better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know, I know the consumers <laughs> are always right. Better as consumers rather yes. than... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, but there's also something, I think, in, in, in what you said about getting to certainty sooner. Because there's, there's quite a bit of, of the commencing process that is necessarily perfunctory right so you you know you've exchanged contracts you need time to kind of book your removers you need time to you know kind of the the lawyer needs time to arrange completion etc i know it can be done quickly but most people want knowing that they have contracted to buy knowing it's happening i'm presuming i don't you know you can tell me what you know what you pick up i'm presuming actually the stress levels sort of drop at that point because at that point you've got the certainty so is it the bit before you've exchanged when 
people are either not quite sure what they're buying, quite sure whether it's going to meet their expectations. They're also quite not, they're not quite sure whether they're going to get it or not. Is, is, is that the, the stressy bit? I think there's different stresses. And I did some research like over, it is a, about 20 years old, but we looked at those stress levels. Yeah. And um, they heighten a lot when people have made an offer yeah. because they are terrified then. Yeah. They've found the property they want. They maybe have lost a few sales or purchases. Yeah. So they've now found the one that they want. They want to go forward. And they feel like the whole thing, the whole process just, I think, goes into a black hole. Mm. And then you've got lenders, as I say, brokers, legal companies, surveyors. You've got all these different people, mm. some of whom might stop you from buying your dream home. Mm. Well, that's terrifying. Mm. And it's why poor surveyors get a bad rap, because if they find something that might stop you from buying the property, mm. your consumer's unhappy. Mm. But if they don't find anything, they're also unhappy because they paid for something that's told them it's OK. So we have those issues. Um, so... There is exchange is one of the toughest bits because in my experience, and uh, I used to work at the company, we used to buy or sell about 100 properties a year. It didn't happen with us because we knew what we were doing, but it may take two or three times to get to exchange. Mm. Now, one of the big things that we've uncovered is one of the reasons for that is because of the sorts of monies involved now, mm. people don't realise they can't just transfer 10, 20, 50 grand mm. to a legal company tomorrow because there's limits um, and we're not raising the awareness of that enough and we're not raising it early enough so you've got people going on holiday always winds me up if you're moving this year next year don't go on holiday please because I can guarantee exchange will be when you're on holiday and then it'll be delayed for two weeks um, when exchange happens then you have the panic it's going you're going to move but oh my word there's all this stuff to move when I moved my mum, I knew about that. So I put five weeks in between exchange and completion. People thought I was nuts. But it was partly during um, COVID. And it was six weeks to be able to get stuff picked up by some of the charities. And again, people weren't aware of how long it would take to um, get rid of everything in the house. And we have a lot more people trading down now and in the future. And we've really got to think about that consumer and what they need. And everybody wants to shorten the process, and I get why. But actually, it's not always necessarily, like you say, the right thing. Yeah. It, and that's all then about us giving people more information up front, right from the start of the journey. More information up front if they're buying about their finances. More information about their property if they're thinking of selling. Yeah. If we can start the process much earlier, bef when people are thinking about it... Yeah and they don't just jump in, that's where we have real success. If we can get ahead of the game each time, up to exchange, ahead of the game, up to completion, then we can take a massive amount of stress. And we don't need any changes to do that. It's yeah. just a lot of it is better communication and buyers and sellers, along with the industry, being better prepared. So the diagnosis, and then we need to get into the... Uh you know, the cure, obviously. Of course. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I, feel, I feel that you're going to solve it for us. Um, so the diagnosis is that if people had a uh, greater understanding of what the process was in front of them, how to ready themselves, um, what, what you know, they should be really thinking about that would meet, meet their expectations in terms of the property they would buy, um, and if we could help, help the process being front-loaded so that everyone knows everything they could need to know about the property uh, as soon as they could, then actually, yes, it may still take time, but it's time that people 
have when they're certain what's going to happen, more certain what's going to happen, and they use that time to get themselves ready for the big move, rather than the time being taken up with the uncertainty about what's happening in the process. And at the last minute, suddenly it's all going to happen. It is, you know, it's not going to happen, which is terrible, or it is going to happen, which can still be bad because what you're saying is people aren't ready for, they haven't thought through what, what it's going to take. And, you know, because they they just don't do it very often. So they, they don't yeah. have a great expectation of what it's going to be. That, that's a brilliant way of putting it because yeah. that's exactly it, is that none of us in this, as as the media, if you like, the industry, consumers, we're not prepared enough yeah. when we put that property up for sale. Okay. And we need if we can get that bit right and then prepare people in advance for the next stage, that's exactly how we can help people. And help people like tomorrow, not yeah. wait for a few years for um, legal legislation or things like that. So you are the chair of the Home Buying Selling Group, which is um, uh, a group of of people that have been brought together, the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities has, has sort of, you know, instigated, catalyzed this kind of uh, sector group to come together and, and, and make some differences, make some, some changes. Um, been going for a while, had, had some very significant successes. Just tell us a bit about that group, because I'm not sure everyone knows about it. And, and, and what, you know, what's the positive news? What, what progress has already been made? So one of the issues that I'd highlighted is that we as an industry, what I found really weird um, was that I'd go to a government-coordinated meeting and then you'd have all these people from lenders, brokers, legal companies, right through to, or very rarely actually, even missing the removal industry, who are hugely important, hugely important, and they were rarely involved. So I've got them involved. I'm very proud to have brought them in because they're crucial to our business, particularly on moving day. And one of the things that I found difficult was they were all brought in to represent their members. Well, as a consumer champion, you're like, I don't really bothered about your members, quite frankly. I want everybody in a room. I want all these amazing people who are who care about changing the industry because there are a lot of people who aren't who are really really want to make a difference, um, but have found it very difficult to make change um, because you have to have everybody from lender to removal company to agree with the change. And if one of the things we've learned is if they don't all agree that we can make that change or difference, there's no point doing it. Mm. You have to. So and you work on whenever you're changing things, change the things that you can first. Yeah. And then the ones that look impossible, well, we'll, we'll find a way. But let's park yeah. those. Let's change what we can now. So what I said to everybody is, look, I want you to come to this meeting um, and I want you there as a brilliant legal person, but you can't represent your members. I want you in there, and the only thing I want you to care about is the consumer. And if that's going to make members' lives a little harder, if that's going to change things for them, I'm really sorry, but in the short term it might. But guess what we're finding is that if we can, for example, on ID checks, get to the holy grail of one ID check for a consumer who's moving and not everybody in the sector has to do one, yeah. how, how much will that help the industry? Yeah. And so what we're finding is that all the things that we do for consumers, although that might be a little painful process or require extra work in the short term, mm-hmm. certainly for, once we start adding technology into it, it can make everybody's day brilliant mm-hmm. in the long term. Yeah. And I speak to so many people who love what they do 
but they find their day really hard work. Mm. And I don't want that. You know, I'm very proud to put roofs over people's heads and I've done it quite a lot. And we should all as an industry proud, but I think that often gets in all the stresses and strains of trying to get a deal over the line. Our industry forgets how important it is that they are going to have that baby and a family in that house or their kids are going to go to the right school. So that brings me, I think, to the kind of most fundamental puzzle here, really, which is um, home buying and selling is a consensual process. You have a, by definition, you have a willing seller, you have a willing buyer, um, and you have people who are there to, you know, professionally support them. So what I think you were describing there with the home buying and selling group is actually, it's not a lack of will or a lack of clarity on each part you know persons or you know professions part that we it could be done better it's just getting them to solve it together by starting with the problem from the consumer's point of view so as you said leave your leave the way you do things today to one side and join us in thinking about the problem you know a single problem which is how could this be better because i think it you know Everyone wants it to be better, but everyone sort of, you know, my experience is everyone sort of points at somebody else and going, I think, you know, it would be better if. Um, so taking that formula, which sounds fantastic, what are the things that you think, have, you know, progress has been made on so far? And what are the, I don't know, three things that you you think, oh, I wish, I wish we could, you know, finish off, you know, making that making that a reality. Sure. So in terms of progress so far, what we what we've had to get to a stage is where we have a home moving industry that does work together. Mm. And also one that works together with government. That we've cracked. We have really good relationships throughout now. And what we can do, we're at a stage where we've got old things we've got to sort and we've got new things that need sorting. So good example is sustainability and EPCs and changes that are potentially coming up, but also the Building Safety Act. EPCs, uh, can we just explain what an EPC is? Yes, of course, the Energy Performance Certificate. And so, that's what ha homes have that describe yeah, how... Yeah, so like your fridge. Look yeah. at your fridge and it'll tell you how energy efficient yeah. it is and you've got a little sticker on there. Basically, instead of a sticker, you get a few pages of A4 yeah. and it'll tell you how energy efficient it is. And we all know we've got to get to net zero and the targets, so EPCs are becoming increasingly important. Yeah. And the government, so for example, if you're renting now, you can't rent a property unless it has an EPC rating of E or above. And it's there is a proposal to increase that. Yeah. So they're starting to um, use EPCs to change uh, and improve uh, household energy efficiency. Yeah. So if you take that and that makes a big change because then if somebody's looking to buy a property to let, they need to know now that in the future, if they're buying one that's an E-rated, it might have to be C in the future. And also, and they need to know to, that up front. Yeah, just go off on a side alley for a moment because I think going back to you know consumers knowing what they're what they're buying um, uh, and, and whether it meets their expectations. You know, EPCs as a matter of compliance. You know, you can't buy it. You know, unless it's this rating or above. You know, a lot of consumers these days want to buy something that is sustainable. So, you know, them for them on being able to unpack what an EPC means. You know, am I buying something that is the you know that 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 is going to leak a lot of uh, a lot of heat, uh, or am I not? And actually, you know, am I going to be able to do something to that property that that means I can improve it? Because 
Yeah. You know, I could buy a nice sustainable one, but maybe I'm doing a better job for the planet if I buy an unsustainable one. Yes, and then absolutely. Do something, absolutely. Do something positive to it. So yeah. is that an example? I mean, you know, the very fact that we have to explain what an EPC is, is that another example of sort of a difficulty of accessing what you're buying, really? It is, and it's also extra information. Yeah. I mean, the amount of information. So a good way, hopefully, of explaining it, one of the things we have done as a group, which is quite an astonishing achievement, is we've got everybody, again, from lenders to removal company, to say, what is it you need to know, as well as consumers need to know, about a property before you buy it? We have, and we update this every year, we're now up to 200 questions. Now, it doesn't mean every property has 200 questions. We're probably looking at about 100. Just under half of those are taken up by a form called the TA6, which is the legal bits that everybody has to do anyway. So those are partly taken up. But 200, can you imagine 200 questions to know if this property is okay uh, and to buy it? So even 100 questions, that's kind of quite a lot. But and if we can have, and one of those, and a lot of those now we're adding to are on sustainability and around EPCs. But that's a lot of information to know. And what we have to do is share the responsibility and work out who's going to, who's going to ask all of those questions and when. Mm-hmm. Because... Of those 100 questions, do you need to know 75 answers before you make an offer? Or do you only need to know 50 and the rest you won't be able to find out until you've um, had an offer accepted? So we have to work out all of those, the answers to all of those questions. Or better still, press a button and all the answers to those questions drops into a form because it's all digitalized, which is, again, that'll take a while. But if we can reach that, we make life easier for the industry book most importantly, easier for consumers. Because as we all know, they don't know whether the left fence or the right fence yeah. is their responsibility. So, so, so that's what's, that, the EPCs, anything like that, New Building Safety Act, huge yeah. amounts of extra paperwork or extra things that are required, yeah. very important to do. Yeah. But we have to know who's responsible for what. And that's, so new stuff that's coming through, we're working through really well now as the Home Buying Selling Group, and working out who's responsible for what and um, who's who's going to, how we help the consumer to understand this new thing that they need to know, why it's important. Um, and that's actually the easier bit. The harder bit is going back through, this is yeah. the way you do things now. Good example of that is most people instruct a legal company when they make an offer. We want that. We don't want it when you're selling mm. to do that. We want you to instruct the legal company day one of marketing. Hmm. or indeed have a property pack which has things like title information, search data Hmm. in there from day one because that brings an awful lot of information up front Hmm. that might affect, one, the saleability of that property, so it might affect the seller, but also it might affect the buyer because they might not want to buy that property. And that's that's, those are the things that we can make a difference of today, tomorrow. So, so, so the group has taken those new issues, those you know, the new requirements for information, and, and kind of figured out you know the best way of handling them today. But as you say, there's a kind of ways of working of, yes. of, of you know centuries in the making that that perhaps needs a bit of rewiring to you know to draw information up front. If that, if we were to do that, I mean, it, it would help. It was if it was you know as you say, available at the press of a button, but you can kind of require or, you know, get the industry to say that's the standard and that's what we're going to do. What would be the, the advantage? What 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 do you think in kind of experience terms that would, would flow from that? So the biggest advantage is people making an offer on a property that they know everything about yeah. 
that would mean after that offer stage, we reduce the 30% fall through rate, yeah. which is astonishing. So imagine making an offer. We talked about that uncertainty. Yeah. A third of those are going to fall through after offer. Yeah. We have to bring that down. Now, some... Well, and that's, a, that's obviously, in a way, tip of the iceberg as well, because there would be lots yes. of people, and I include my own personal experience in this, we found out that the house we now own <laughs> uh, had had subsidence and underpinning, you know, uh, having instructed our solicitors to do the purchase, etc., several weeks afterwards. So um, there must be lots of transactions out there where people come across surprises like that, don't know what to do with them, but are kind of committed, and therefore that sort of creates a sort of compromise sense yeah. of what the purchase is and about but yeah they still go through so. you start losing trust yeah. or they don't go through yeah. so when I marketed my mum's house there were three things and I said I don't want any buyer walking through the door unless they are told these three things one is the loft room is not can be used as a bedroom because I haven't got the fire regulations for the stairs because the height wasn't enough the second one is don't ask me why but there's a strip of land at the bottom of the garden which backed onto an old railway line, which is now walking route, uh, which was owned by the council. And it cost us £35 a year to rent it from them. Bizarre situation, but that was it. And the third thing, bearing in mind this was, you know, similar to the good life, you can't keep chickens. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> so anybody that was buying their dream house to keep chickens, this is not the property for you. And we, they needed to know that. I didn't want yeah. anybody to even view yeah. unless they were happy with those conditions. Yeah. And we got an offer, I think, in less than two weeks. And because I'd instructed the legal company day one of marketing, even during COVID, we were done and dusted um, within about two and a half months. That's about 10 weeks, which was incredible. And when I used to do it for part exchange and we used to do it sort of professionally, we could do eight weeks, six to eight weeks was possible. Um, so if you have that information up front, if you do these small changes, it can make a massive difference. Yeah. So what else has the Home Buying and Selling Group been working on? So upfront information is a key, you know, I'm guessing you're, you're saying the most transformative thing if we, if we could, you know, make it happen. What else have they been working on? So one of the other things, and this is, this is, a, a, this is going to take us longer, yeah. but having, it goes back to having identified and being all clear and agreed that these are all the 200 questions that we need to know about a property. For us to make this as good a process as ordering a pizza, mm. where you are texted to say the cheese is going on your pizza, and <laughs> now we're putting on um, whatever whatever else, the broccoli, whatever else you might put and we've on. we've delivered it to the wrong door, as yes, that's to me it. last night, but anyway. <laughs> well, there you go. Not, nothing's perfect, is it? Um, so to get to that stage, we need to be able to make sure that all the data and answers to those 200 questions can be delivered, not just at a press of a button, but that the lender, the legal company, the surveyor, and anybody else yeah. needs to be able to trust it. Yeah. And therefore, that data has to be, we, we have to have a framework that approves that data that it, that it meets. Yeah. So that's probably my limit of my understanding and you're probably better at this than me but if we could get all government departments that supply a lot of data yeah. to meet that need set the standard then get everybody else that we need to answer those uh, that has the data to answer those questions to meet that that framework yeah. 
my word, we are looking at a, a substantial change to the business. And because our industry goes from 800,000 moves to 1.6 million, yeah. with people who can take up to five years to drain, so we can't have any more people. Mm. That's what we have to do right. to cope with these huge boom and bust situations yes. that our industry finds it in. Probably, you know, I've worked in pet industry, I've worked in the food industry, yeah. um, uh, detergents. I've never seen such huge variety and volumes that we've got here. I, so, so it's understanding what you're buying who you're dealing with that information about because everyone as you say everyone's sharing in that right so every, yeah. you know that everyone needs the same access to the same information what am i selling is the same as what am i buying uh, the what am i you know lending on is the same as what i'm buying so everybody and their representatives having that same shared information that is already you know fuller and completer than it is today <laughs> because of upfront information but having access to that in data terms, so that people can have systems yeah. that run in a much in a much more resilient and automated way. But also, second thing, I think what you're saying is you've got to trust it because otherwise it's just noughts and Absolutely. ones. Absolutely, yeah. So you know, and I I yeah. need to know, you know, if it is you know proving who owns it because it's you know come from land registry. Well, if it comes direct from land registry, you know, there there you are. I I know I'm guaranteed that yeah. that's trusted. But if it comes indirectly, how do I know? you know, it is actually originally from land registry. So that's that's what you're talking yes, about. Yes, you, you know, can't how have... How do you keep the trust with the that's information? It. And then what you need is you need places to put it. Yeah. So hence we're looking at can we have property packs so that, you know, when a property is put up for marketing, there's a property pack with a lot of the legal information in there yeah, already. Yeah. Or um, just like you have on your car, you have a logbook, don't you? Um, and the better that logbook, the better price for that that car, and more likely you are to sell it. Um, and we need logbooks, um, which is one of the things we've helped sort of incubate, for want of a better word. So we're looking at property logbooks, so that um, I don't know about you. Whenever I've moved before, I've had an A three, sort of A four file, <laughs> at least one, and it's thick with paper. Now I know I've got to hang on to that file for dear life, but actually, if we make that digital. Yeah. With this trusted data, yeah. what you can do is, when my property goes, I say to an agent, I want to put it on the market, I can press a button and all the information's there that they need. And then when an offer is made, you press another button and it goes to my legal company as the seller, but it also goes to the buyer's, sellers, yeah. buyer's legal company. Yeah. And then it goes to the surveyor. Yeah. Because one of the problems surveyors have is they go into a property, they don't know everything about it before they go in, yeah. and then they have to do queries afterwards. Yeah. That can take two weeks yeah. or more to solve. Well, why don't we get them all the information they need? And then they their their job is much better because there's not so much follow-up afterwards. Yeah. So I, the theory sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I've always um, lived in utopia. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to have a vision for how you know, good it could be. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if you've, um, you know, come across examples like, you know, what it, what it's like to buy a property in Norway. I was talking to the, you know, Norwegian land registrar and I asked him what it's like. And he, he said, well, personally, I bought a property in a week, uh, a few weeks ago, and then described this extraordinary process where, you know, he'd, he'd looked at, you know, the property, went on the market on the Monday, he looked at it on the Tuesday, he saw all the information he could possibly, you know, could possibly ever be compiled about the property. Yeah. Um, he got a mortgage offer that was unconditional because the information was available, you know, in no time at all. Um, basically, by the Friday, he was, I think, overseas by this stage, but was signing up. 
all that he needed to do under Norwegian law to buy it um, uh, with completion due the following Monday when he was coming back into the country. And I and I said, well, you know, was this some sort of experiment, you know, some sort of great egg race <laughs> to see how quickly you could do it? He said, no, no, this is, you know, you, you don't have to run it at that pace. He said, the problem is actually now that it goes so quick, people feel a bit queasy. Yeah, <laughs> uncertain that, yes, about yeah. whether, you know, whether Buyer's they were... remorse. Yeah, yeah, they were, you know, they were really committed or, or, or you know, are ready to move. So, um, and, and you know, what, what, what I got from him is exactly what I've got from you, which is that if you know everything you could need to know about what you're buying and who you're dealing with, and that information can flow around all the people who also need to know, the lenders, the, you know, the insurers, the et cetera, et cetera, then... There's very little that stands in the way of going at whatever pace the people who are parties to the transaction want to go at. And, and Absolutely. And what you've just given me is the perfect example for anybody that tells me it can't be done yeah. <laughs> to say, well, funny you so, should say that. <laughs> so do you see, and what are they, do you see the green shoots of this changing? Do you see you know, the property market here being the you know, home buying selling market particularly do you see that um i mean you you've got a group that's working on it um in that group there seems to be a lot of alignment but do you see is there something about the the way the market behaves generally and and do you know the do you see particular inputs changes changes in the law you know what what is it you see is is happening and needs to happen so we definitely need some mandation of the upfront information um because when you bring upfront information like that and to do what we're doing, to digitalise all that data, it requires huge investment. It's going to need huge investment from government, but it's going to need huge investment from the industry. And this is an industry that has a difficult task of doing very well one year and doing very badly the next. Mm. And as I mentioned, they have no control over that. Mm. Um, that's entirely down to everybody else, really, because they can't magic stock. Mm. Um, and stop, as, stop in this sense being the number of being houses the number of houses the, absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, and they can't they're not in control of the economy yeah. and uh, how people feel I mean one thing that they can control which is what I talk to them about is don't be frightened of buying if prices are falling mm. that's what we can do we can take the fear out and the worry out of, mm. of that um, but literally as far as how the economy is performing the cost of buying through a mortgage as we've seen recently um, and then the physical stock that's available that is not under the industry that delivers home buying and selling it's not under their control so as a result of that they ha there has to be a way of managing 800,000 moves a year to 1.6 million and the only way to do that is to make sure that we bring everything up front we don't have the 30% fall throughs for those that would like to move within a couple of weeks we need to let them but for those that want to take their time we need to let them do that too. But like you said, and I think it was a great thing to identify, is that we, they need to do it with confidence um, and with surety that it's going to work. Mm. Because I think so, I'd read somebody somewhere who said, I don't mind if it takes 22 weeks, as long as I know it's going to take 22 weeks, because mm. then you can plan. Mm. What's not acceptable is well, somebody saying it'll take you six to eight weeks, and then it takes 22 weeks, mm. because that's not what you're expecting, and you can't plan for that, and that might affect kids going to school and yeah. things. So for us, what, we've, what, what we need is we need some things we need help from government on. So mandating that information is going to cost money, and that requires investment from all sorts of places. So whether it's the portals, whether it's CRM systems. Yeah. Um, and just, just, just on that, I mean, yeah. I don't wish to 
this is not this is not the opportunity to blow land registry trumpet, but just it is what we're doing with local land charges with local authorities in digitizing that information because that is a standard search sure. piece of information. Is that the sort of thing you're imagining? So, you know, because we're you know it is hard work. You have to go around you know three hundred plus local authorities and take their data yeah. and make it standardized. But it does make it instantaneously available. Is that the sort of investment you, you're talking it's about? It's exactly what we have to do. And if you remember a lot, of people have said it can't be done. Mm-hmm. Well, you're doing it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's lovely to see the notifications. I get very excited when I see somebody else has come on board because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's another, that's another <laughs> area <laughs> sorted. Um, you know, and it'd be great then as well to look at in the areas where that has been provided, what difference is it making on the ground? Yeah. And then being able to, you know, get other people on board. But it is exactly that. We need information at the fingertips, but it has to be that trusted data. And we've all got to work to the same format, if you like, because if you went down one route and then another company went down another route with that data, that's where we've got unstuck in the past. So we need that consistency. And one of the problems that we have with uh, technology is that lenders have got systems Brokers have got systems, legal companies and surveyors, yeah. Yeah. whereas what I want is a first-time buyer system. comes back to your, your, your property data point about not just trust, but the, you know, the common currency. Correct. Are we all, Brilliant. you know, in yes. railway terms, using the same gauge, et cetera. So, exactly which that. didn't happen when they built the railways. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Maybe we should we learn the lesson of that. But um, look, just it's been fascinating. And uh, honestly, I think we could um, uh, probably talk until... Uh, somebody actually was able to buy a house in that time <laughs> available. Right. Um, but I, I just really want your take because you you have a very different perspective from a lot of us who are you know running a bit of the <laughs> a bit sure. of the, a bit of the machine, if you like. Um, what difference if it did work more like Norway? What difference would it make to people? Because that's you know if you think of the fallout rate and the stress. What difference do you what how how different would it look? Sure. That would we move more? Would we, you know, find it would we move more easily for jobs? You know, is there a sort of social and economic ripple effect here that is actually potentially quite profound? Huge, because so you've got the financial benefit. Yeah. If thirty percent of if we can get that thirty percent down to ten percent, yeah. um, that's billions. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be saved for people. So that's one thing. And a lot of you know, uh, both for the industry as well. You know, uh, if you put a property up for sale and it falls through, you don't get paid um, for for most uh, agents. So there is the financial benefit. But let's go back to why they're buying, Mm. because they've got a huge life change. Mm. Um, And I used to work in relocation. It was quite interesting in the 2000s that moved from a buying and selling offering much more into lettings. Mm. So um, somebody might be moved from London to Edinburgh, uh, particularly in the financial industry, and they, but they were more likely to let and stay in London um, because that market became available, whereas it hadn't been there before. And therefore, there is a potential. And when somebody said to us the other day, is, wow, okay, if we could really get this process right, they said, people will move more. And my first instinct, wow, they're not really going to, because the costs involved and everything. And I've thought a lot about that since. And I do think... What it's supposed to be around four moves that people make, but I've done quite a lot more because I know what I'm doing and I trust the process mm. and I know who to use. Mm. So even if there was just one extra, even if 50% of people did one extra move, mm. and I think back to the time of the um, older generation that I was looking after when I did part exchange, 
they're, you know, people go off and they go off to escape to the country. Or I've got a lady in my head and she was in a fourth, they were in a fourth floor flat in a lovely area that they'd retired to. But she got cancer and she um, lost a leg and there was no lift. And if we can deliver that easier process, bearing in mind we're all living longer as well, mm. I think it may well help more moves and take the stress away because if you're not stressed, if you know you're going to buy that house when mm. you've made that offer mm. and you're having a baby mm. and you've got a bit of an idea of what the timeline is, the stress levels will go down. Mm. I mm. can't take the stress of having a baby, divorce, <laughs> death, all of those other things. I, so it will always, the one thing I've learned is I wanted to take the stress away. I can't do that 100%, but I can take the stress of the process adds to somebody's life. That's what we can do. And we should take a lot of pride in working on getting that done. Um, and we will get it done because the biggest thing I've learned is how many amazing people that really care are putting time in free of charge to make the change. And that's what we've needed. That's what we've got. And it will happen. It has to happen. Um, I described you at the beginning uh, as... Uh, passionate that most of the problems in the residential property market can be solved. Well, I think uh, that's where we've ended too. Thank you uh, so much. Um, obviously, lots of work uh, for us all to do. And I think the key you know, thing that I've, I've taken from all of this conversation today, which has been fantastic, is uh, the need for us all to realize that there is a there is a common goal there huge uh, and if we you know if we just look to our own our own contributions and see it as part of a whole that's you know greater than the sum of the parts then we will make progress and thank you very much for joining us thanks for having me this is property with a view available on all the usual platforms please do leave a review and a rating 